the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips, and merchandise available on my website, and that is www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check them out on my website as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Well, today is day 26, and we are going to be reading Exodus 2.11 through 3.22, Matthew 17.10-27, Psalms 22.1-18, and Proverbs 5.7-14. Let's go ahead and begin with a prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your blessings upon each and every one of us and for your grace and your mercy. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 2, 11 through 3, 22. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, who came, as usual, to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered, and then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? Their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation, and he settled there with him. In time, Ruel gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah, to be his wife. Later, she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. For he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. 
But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now, go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me I have been watching closely, and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, and the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed." Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. 
Matthew 17, 10 through 27. Then his disciples asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming, first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. But he wasn't recognized, and they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, Your faithfulness and corrupt, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And they gathered again in Galilee. Jesus told them, After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples were filled with grief. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. Psalm 22, 1 through 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, to be sung to the tune, Doe of the Dawn. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. 
My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Proverbs 5, 7-14 So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I am about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and you will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. That concludes our readings for today. So we have the burning bush today. Let's go ahead and take a look at that a little closer in the companion book. I do have a link for the one-year Bible Companion um, in the show description. So if you would like to add that to your collection, it's a great um, study tool I have found. Um, So yeah, so we have, why was God in a burning bush? Well, Moses saw God in a burning bush and spoke with him. Many people in the Bible experienced God in visible, not necessarily human form, Abraham saw the smoking fire pot and blazing torch in Genesis 15, 17, and Jacob wrestled with a man in Genesis 32, 24 through 29. When the slaves were freed from Egypt, God led them by pillars of cloud and fire. And God made such appearances to encourage his new nation to guide them and to prove the reliability of his verbal message. The call of Moses to be Israel's deliverer from Egypt came when he saw a bush which was in flame but was not being burnt up. It revealed to him a living, self-sufficient, holy God who promised to be with Moses and to fulfill his past promises. And why would the children of Israel want to know God's name? Because, you know, God was very specific with Moses as to tell them his name, and he was very specific. So why would they want to know this? Well, the Egyptians had many gods by different, by many different names, Moses wanted to know God's name so the Hebrew people would know exactly who had sent him to them. God called himself I Am, a name describing his eternal power, an unchangeable character. Jehovah or Yahweh is the I Am. God was reminding Moses of his covenant promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Moses later used this name with the elders, he was invoking national pride in a promise given to the patriarchs almost 500 years before. So that's a lot of years that have gone by in Genesis up to Moses' time, right? In the beginning of Exodus. And why did Jesus pay the temple tax? So all Jewish males had to pay a temple tax to support temple upkeep. And this comes from Exodus, actually, that we'll see as we move forward. Tax collectors set up booths to collect these taxes. Only Matthew records this incident specifically. Perhaps because he had been a tax collector himself, Jesus used this situation to emphasize his kingly role. Just as kings pay no taxes and collect none from their family, Jesus the king owed no taxes. 
But Jesus supplied the tax payment for both himself and Peter rather than offend those who didn't understand his kingship. Although Jesus supplied the tax money, Peter had to go and get it. And that was out of a fish's mouth. So that is a, that's a fun story, I think. And this Psalm, Psalm 22, it's a powerful one. And it is, I'm going to come over to my study Bible here for a moment. Um, Let's see here. This is definitely, there are definitely a few references to Christ. I don't know if maybe you might've picked up on that or if you have studied Psalm 22 before, Uh, but we can find that in, um, let's see, in verses, actually (laughs) 22 verses one through 21, we read one through 18 today. They are actually referring to um, like what Christ will experience um, in the agony on the cross that he was facing. And it was fulfilled in the New Testament in Matthew 26 and 27. In verse 15, 22, 15 in Psalms, he will thirst while on the cross. That is fulfilled in John 19, 28. And in verse 22, 18, Evil men will throw dice for his clothing, and that is in Matthew 27, 35, and John 19, 23 through 24. There will be one more verse that we will be reading tomorrow, and that is verse 22, 22. He will declare God's name, and that is fulfilled in Hebrews 2, 12. So very um, just uh, powerful psalm and, and just showing Christ uh, there are many more Psalms where, um, he is shown and I'm going to mark this page as well because it will be a great reference point, um, as we continue to go throughout the Psalms, but it is just, um, so evident, uh, that Christ is featured here in these Psalms. I mean, in that David was speaking about him and writing about him. It's so incredible. So let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for just providing us with this incredible book where we can learn something new each and every day and that we can get to know you better, get to know your grand plan for all of us And that we can build our faith and that we can receive your peace within our hearts and within our minds by continuing to learn and to even memorize your words so that we can speak them in our lives each and every day. We can pray them each and you know, all throughout the day, we can pray them as many times as we need to so that we can just withstand, that we can be confident, that we can have joy, and that we can always know that you are always with us. And we just thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us, to save us all from sin and death. And Jesus, thank you for being our Savior you're so grateful to you. Thank you for being willing to lay down your lives for each and every one of us. 
We say this prayer in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining in. I hope that this is blessing your life by hearing God's word each day and learning more and more about him. If it is, please share this with someone in your life. Now is the time. It's always been the time since Jesus ascended into heaven. It's always been the time to share the good news. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.